I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Howdy! And welcome to Wikishuffle episode 101. It's my last episode. How exciting. Chris, who are you? Hello, Chris. <laughs> yes, yes, Chris. Tell us an interesting fact about yourself. An interesting fact. This about feels myself. like a new series because it's been that long since we've yeah. recorded. So I was I feel model. Like we need to. I was a model. Okay, you were. You were. A, well, let's. I was a model. Just famous. Famous in my youth. Yes, for a printer company. Hmm. Let's not over egg it. For you a, say for, you were a model. It I was a model. Think a certain type of. I lived the high life. I got checks. Did you? Yeah. For how much? Fifteen pounds. Fifteen, really? Is that how much you were paid? Yeah. To be on a billboard. I didn't know what they were doing with it. Germany. Yeah, I'm just a kid. I got actually. Oh, I was, you know, mistreated. <laughs> what, what did you spend your fifteen pounds on? A Robocop car. Nice. That's what you'd spend it on now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally is. And Phil, hello. How are you? Tell us an interesting fact about yourself. I'm very well. Interesting fact about me. You're a level fifteen wizard. Are you a level 15 wizard now? That's not a thing. Is it yeah, you're on Magic like the Gathering. What is it? Who? What level are you? It's not really how it's counted. All right, what, what mage style are you? Cryptic. Cryptic mage. <laughs> I feel like I don't understand the question. Okay. Um... I feel like we don't understand the Hobbit. <laughs> it's good, though. It's good. 101 episodes worth of practice have got us up to this calibre. Mm. So why is, also, it your, why is it your last episode? Then, because Jack? the interesting fact about me is that I don't care anymore. <laughs> and I'm... I'm packing it all in, and I'm leaving the country. You're fleeing. I'm like, fleeing. Like Reggie Perrin. He's going to leave all like your Reggie clothes Perrin? in a bundle at the side of huh. the beach. I don't know what Reggie Perrin is. Like you, man. Who Paddington Bear. Like Paddington Bear. I'm fleeing Peru, deepest, darkest Peru. And that's it. And we're not sure when we're going to be able to record, or if it will work over Skype. So, yeah. So, um, we'll so you're going around the world. Where's your first destination? Beijing. Beijing. By the time this is out, I'll have been in China for two... In fact, if this comes out when we are talking about it coming out, I'll, I'll be in North Korea. Oh, wow. So that'll be fun. Terrifying. So have you packed? No. Have you thought about what you're going to pack? Uh, I mean, I've got bits. you got bits. <laughs> what luxury item... Imagine this was Desert Island Discs. What luxury item are you taking with you? Oh, my God. Can we do Desert... Can we just scrap this and do Desert Island Discs? I've always wanted to. Oh. And I don't think it's ever going to happen where I get... Brought on to Desert Island Discs. We haven't prepped it, but all right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, luxury item. Uh, first off, I'd throw the Bible in the sea. <laughs> Don't want it. No. Nope. Complete works space. of Shakespeare, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What could I not do without? Is it the Leicester City shirt that you're wearing right now? What's wrong with wearing a football shirt? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just very, He's, very blue. You some sort of bigot. I'm not a bigot. It's just very you think, blue. You think it's that a big... person can't wear a football shirt and still be a normal non-lout? Well, no, that... they... Yeah, fair enough. Fair I'm point. not mistaking you for a lout. There's just something... I don't know, I think the word I'm looking for is slovenly. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's brilliant. That's just what I was going for. No, you can't take the internet, can you? I think, realistically, without the internet, I'll kill myself anyway, so don't worry about it. I'm, I've got no survival skills. Can I take a survival skill book? Yeah. Actually, no, I'll take that as my book. Fine. Hmm. So, we, I mean, we should have prepared, shouldn't we? Sensible if shoes. If we were going to do a whole episode of um, Desert Island Discs, then yes, that would require some degree of preparation. Okay, should we do Wiki Shuffle then? The thing okay. that we normally do, Let's yeah? Let's do that instead. Right, so what is that? Chris? A Wiki Shuffle is where we press the random mark or button on Wikipedia and we talk about whatever it throws in our faces. Normally, but I've decided that this time we're just going to do ones that I want to do. Fair enough. Because <laughs> it's and, my last episode. And that's fine. You were the motivating force that made Wiki Shuffle come into being. You know, that you don't own the copyright true. on the idea. That's definitely mine. That is yours. And so if ever there's any money but to that, be made from this, you know, all of that goes to me. You know, you were only brought in because we wanted to use your idea, so... Either way, I still own all of the IP. Mm. We've never drawn up a contract. We haven't, but we could just pretend that you didn't come up with it. it seems to be evidence to the contrary. I feel like he'll win. <laughs> 
second. Then we'll do four articles, three or four. Four? Oh, they're only we. They're only we. Okay, let's find out whether four is achievable. If not, we'll do three or two. <laughs> let's do it. What's your first selection then, Jack? Actually, I just thought we, we were having a conversation before we recorded and I wanted to finish that. So let's just do that first. Yeah? So, <laughs> whatever you want. This episode's just... <laughs> all about you as opposed to the other episodes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Phil, you think that your naked body ah. is in the is in the top 50% of the average people that you would find in Asda. Well, what? I, I feel like we need to contextualise a little. Yeah. No, that's what you said. Do we? I can't remember how it started anyway. You said something along the lines of all bodies are beautiful. Because I said you had gross feet. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I was feeling attacked, so I went with the we're all beautiful in our own way defence. Yeah. Which is uh, obviously bullshit. Which is obviously untrue, and that's, that's what I said. Some of us are hideous. Some people are hideous. Mm-hmm. And... I counted myself as being among the hideous. <laughs> but still in the top 50%. But the same, of, people of people in, in Asda, Asda. The, 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 the population <laughs> I was using as my sample group are, you know, they're at a, the, the other end, the oh. lower end of the spectrum. And I, I feel like if I was to wander around Asda... <laughs> You'd fit right in. Well, yeah, I would, because I'm modal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I was to go around Asda, on balance, estimating what the naked bodies of the people in Asda might look like with my imagination... No, we I'm not, actually, that. I'm not actually going around Asda and asking people to strip for me. You're undressing them with your mind. I'm undressing them with my mind. And I think, on balance, there are more people that I think would have worse naked bodies than me mm-hmm. than would have better naked bodies than me. Uh, I still, I'm only saying 50%. I'm not saying top 10%. I know you know, but it still seems quite high. No, I think, yeah, I see, I see, yeah, 50%. I think all three of us would be in the top. Come on, Mom. You have been, I mean, as the... Yeah, the, I went to I didn't today. choose Sainsbury's. I didn't choose Waitrose. Goodness knows. Jesus. Oh, God, no. I mean, they're brilliant. We'd be bottom 1%. Absolutely. We wouldn't be allowed through the door. I, I tell you what, Waitrose, no me. I feel really uncomfortable going in that place. Mm. I just feel unwelcome. And I don't know whether it's because of the opinion I've got of Waitrose in my head or the way they make me feel with their eyes. <laughs> Is it because you're going in naked? <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm going in completely you're going, naked. you nope, not as attractive as you. <laughs> yeah, a bit more attractive, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive towards your lovely body, which I'm sure it is lovely. It just seems quite confident. 50%. I'm saying that I'm, I'm, I'm including, you know, pensioners in this. I'm including mm. the entire gamut of... Okay. And if where, where, where do the children lie, in your opinion? Oh, here we go. Mm. I'm not, I'm excluding okay, children. Excluding the children. So I think fifty percent is the number you would say if you're like in your, yeah, like a good in good spirits. If you, if you consider yourself less than that all the time, that's a sad person. And the thing is, the people that actually are in the bottom twenty percent consider themselves in the top eighty. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, and that's, <laughs> really? how, that's how the scale works. You want to be in the middle. Oh, I'm in the, the top, lower. I'm in the bottom. 20. The higher on that scale you are in actuality, yeah. the lower you are. If you think you're in the top 10%, no, I don't think that's true. if you think you're in the top 10%, you're in the bottom 10%. I think a lot of people think that. That's how I think it works. And if you say 50, that's just people. Does anyone think that they're in the top 10%? Yeah, people who oh, are on 10 But some people very clearly are in the top 10%, and those people deserve to know it. Yeah, but there's many people don't. That's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of the human condition. <laughs> I don't know. Every, I thought every human, no matter how good looking they are, they still uh, freaked out by their own body and hate a lot Some of people do, but and they probably are the ones that are actually good looking. I think that's how it works. I think it's just the brain. Yeah. Well, but some people, I mean, if Donald Glover doesn't realise that he's the most handsome man that's ever walked the earth, then there must be something wrong with his eyes. Donald, Donald Glover from Community and um, various... Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know most... who he is. I'm just Googling him to make sure that that is him because he's not that attractive, is he? He's what, not. you're saying that he'd struggle to make the top 10% of people in uh, No, Asda. no, no. Okay. <laughs> 
but this is like, are we talking about bodies here? Are we talking about his face? I mean, bodies, yeah, fair the enough. Whole He's going to be in the top. The top whole 10%. package. Oh, I miss this. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the only way to scientifically prove this is to ask our listeners, vote by postcard, by Twitter, by Facebook. Tell us if you think Phil is in the top 50% of people in Asda <laughs> he'll, in terms he'll get of his it. naked body. You know, you know what our listeners like, though. They, they like, like Phil. Phil. Yeah. So. This is Kettering or Corby Asda that we're talking about here. This isn't, you know, posh area of... Uh, well, I, guess, Kettering, I, guess I think Kettering and Corby are starting to come against you now, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so we might even out a bit. I've been to the Asda in Pudsey and Leeds... Would I fit in the top 50% there? Christ, you'd be in the top 10% there. Hey! I should move there. I mean, I, I, I think I'd be in the top for 50% in farm foods, but not Asda. And that's not me being self-defeatist or anything. It's just realistic. The pop at the people who, who shop in farm foods. Oh, they're not pretty. When I get, If I'm in a shop and I'm thinking, actually, you know, things aren't that bad. You swagger You know... <laughs> There's a problem with that shop. You're swaggering around like John Travolta with a pink hat. You know if someone with, you bagging nuggets. You know if someone with like minor self-esteem is, is somewhere and he's thinking, yeah, I'm pretty good. You know that particular place has problems. And I, I don't know, Phil. I'm sure your body's beautiful. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. I've not. I've not at any point said that my body is beautiful. What is this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And apparently we're going to fit four articles in on top of whatever this is. <laughs> Let's leave out to the listeners. Okay. And Phil... No, don't answer that. Leave um, the decision. (laughs) Okay. Is Phil more attractive or less attractive than the average person in McDonald's? Not McDonald's, Asda. I was thinking of McDonald's because I looked at our McDonald's that we had. That was Mm. nice, wasn't it? In fact, it wasn't nice. No, you hated it. Let's do that. Okay, right. We're a bit rusty. No, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's lucky because it's my last episode. Hey, episode 101. Mm-hmm. What would you put in room 101? What are we doing? <laughs> Chris? Um, chicken nuggets. Oh, why? Because we've had this conversation. I don't I'm not a fan. Um, I don't know. Shoe, your shoes? My shoes. <laughs> my shoes. Yeah. So you, you want my feet to be exposed at all times? No, I don't. If you want to do room 101, can we come back to that as well? All right, we'll come back at the end. We'll do room 101, we'll do we'll Desert do Island Disc. Oh, it's like last day of school, he's brought all the games in. <laughs> Let's do the article. Okay, Come on! Article. What article have you chosen? Let's get on with it. What article have you chosen? I've chosen, in the last five minutes, our good friends at the Fail Critics Film Podcast have tweeted us, and it's called, You're Gonna Get Your Fucking Head Kicked In. Nice. It's sometimes Just... pluralised to, You're Gonna Get Your Fucking Heads Kicked In. Oh, for multiple people. Mm. If you want to tell a whole group of people Crowds. that they're going to get their heads kicked in, they did this football, this is a football chant. Don't know if you'd have picked up on that. I'm familiar. They did this one when we went to see Corby Town in the FA Cup. They did. When I took you along to your first ever football match. Yeah. Um, and they sang this, and they also sang "You're Not Getting Out of Here Alive." Yeah. This was the Corby, the home support. Yeah, it was good. And then all the police streamed in. Oh, it was brilliant! It was a really good off. first football match. Well. As this was my first football match, it happened to also be on Remembrance Day. I, I, was it a halftime or at the beginning they do this? It was at the beginning. The beginning, they have a, a minute silence and everybody in the big... It's not a big stand, is it? It's how many no, people? How many people? 300 people. About 300 only. people all standing in silence and you've got to look down and pay your respects and all that. But the other thing they do at football is they serve pies and stuff. They do? They do. And they don't have a very good system for the pies. So you, what happens was you get a ticket, you, you don't pay straight away and get a pie. You go up to the lady with the, the hairnet and say, can I have a pie, please, with whatever's in it? I imagine she's wearing a tabard. Yeah, yep. yep. and she says, so here's your ticket, like a raffle ticket, and it was like red 41. don't know what, what that means, but you hold on to that, and when you hear the other lady, the bigger lady, with all the pies, <laughs> say, red 41, you go up and you get you transfer your ticket for pie and money, job done. But this happened during the minute silence. And obviously, because she was a good dinner lady, she wanted to keep the rotation going. Because there's a system there. Pies in, tickets out, pies in, tickets out, money, money, money. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. <laughs> money, 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 money! <laughs> exactly that. Money. So she had a bit of a problem. She has like a dilemma. Everybody's in silence. But Blue 16 was right there. So she shouted. You got red 41 and blue 16. The system how was many, mental. How many pies did you want? <laughs> I mean, she didn't shout out blue 14. No, what did she shout out? She shouted out like... Did she not shout out the code? She was No, she was definitely shouting the items of food yeah, that were ready. Okay. Which is much worse. So she, 
Savaloy! Savaloy and Bovro! And she did it a few times. And at one point, one of the older men got a bit angry. You could see him sort of shuffling because he was getting annoyed. He was paying his respects and all he could think about was Savaloy. So he just turned around and told her, Have you got no respect? This is during the minute silence though, so he's breaking his own code. It was a really weird football match. It was match. a scary moment. It was. Not as scary as when the police came in. That was actually scary. Mm. <laughs> On that account was, of all the fighting that yeah. was happening directly around us. That was a good football match, though. Sounds great. So this is the, the environment that we're describing where somebody might scream the slogan, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. It is a, the environment where people definitely did scream that. Okay. Did you join in? Have you ever joined in this particular chance? No. Um, what I do, especially at Corby Town, I haven't been this season, but um, Corby Town matches in particular... I like to loudly tut in the direction of anyone who's chanting any homophobic or racist abuse. Um, because it's like those kids around... You don't get it at Leicester. Never get it at Leicester. Um, but Corby Town, which is still a very small club in a very small town, in a town full of racists, it happens quite a lot. I didn't kind actually... of See, this isn't chanting. a racist chant. No, no it's, this not, is, it's not. This is really rather <laughs> non-denominational. It doesn't seem to be judgmental in any way. No, but you can add... You can just slip a, a word in. I'm sure you can, if you're to, that way to inclined. Make it, yeah, but, but my point is it's, it's either nasty... It's not abuse pleasant. or it's violent. Yeah, that's um, not and nice. You get a lot it? of it, and I, I, I don't partake. Chris did. I did not. <laughs> what I was though, I was surprised in at how how it does happen as much as as that. I know. I knew it, does, it happened. Yeah. But I didn't know it was like oh, you literally go through the gates and you, it's like going through the time tunnel. <laughs> that's what it was like. Even the pies looked old. So you're drinking Bovril, that's not a 21st century No, it's seat. not. It's weird. It's delicious, though. My mum always takes a, a little flask of Bovril with her when she goes to the football. Oh, I forgot she was a Ketrin fan. Yeah. yeah. But I bet she doesn't get Scotch pies like you do at Corby. But I wouldn't know. Scotch pie, iron brew, come on Corby, give us two. That's the chance. Exactly. That's, that's, see, that's nice. That's you can only chant it when Corby have one, so that's it's not friendly. great. But it works, it works. Yeah. I thought that the chance was give us two, as in give us two scotch pies and two iron brews. That as well. You mean two goals. Two goals. I understand yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> um, so you'd be only seeing that when they've already scored one, so not very often. Yeah, the football has to relate to either, uh, sorry, the chance have to relate to either football or... Wanton violence. Or, yeah. <laughs> or some sort of bigoted abuse. Mm. But you well, can't mums. just chant about food, that's mental. Great. Stuff you want to do to your mum. So if you want to do to your mum? To their mum. <laughs> to other people's mums. Send them home in an ambulance. <laughs> so what's Wikipedia got to say about this particular chant? I don't know, Phil. Why don't you tell us? Let. There are two theories as to the origins of the chant. One holds that it was invented in the 1960s by Oxford United football hooligans to threaten visiting fans. While the other holds that it was invented more generally and slightly later in the 1970s on the terraces of football grounds. That's not very specific. I mean, it's incredibly vague. So we've got we've got a span of twenty years where they've not been able to pinpoint where it came from, and might have been Oxford, might have been football. <laughs> I'll be uh, honest; it's not the best Wikipedia article. It's just good because of the title of the article, which is to "You're going to get football. your fucking head kicked in," which <laughs> yeah. you don't often see on Wikipedia. No, I've never really thought about it before. But I suppose I'll kick like the ball, like the football. What? It's not like a. I think is, is it originated from football? This saying. It's happened at football because football fans historically have been a bit naughty. Yeah. But they're not saying you're going to get your head kicked in because you kick a footballing football. That's not the <laughs> I was just it's assuming like... this is why we're talking about football. I just thought, oh, that's where that came up from. It's Someone not like if it was, was a clever. basketball match, they'd be saying you're going to get your fucking head thrown in, dunked no. in. That's a, yeah, that could... They'd probably still say kicked and they'd probably say Yeah, that's kicked. because it started with the football. Or at the snooker, you're going to get your fucking head screwed back into the middle pocket. <laughs> <laughs> the chant is often used as an intimidatory chance towards the opposing fans rather than as an actual threat of violence. But there have been a number of occasions when it has led to a fight between fans. Sounds feasible. The chant is sometimes used after the opposition have scored. It is now considered to be a dated chant with little current usage in English football culture outside of Corby. The chant also started being used in 2016 by professional wrestling fans in insulting the opponents before the matches of former Ring of Honor and now retired WWE American wrestler Daniel Bryan. Who looks, actually, Phil, if you click on Daniel Bryan... He's sort of like a little version of you. 
Oh, yeah. He's cute, isn't he? He's quite cute. Oh, he's five foot ten, so he's actually a big version of you. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Daniel Bryan. Real name. Um, I think I've said this on the podcast before, actually. His real name's Bryan Danielson, and WWE thought, "Mm, no, need to jazz that up a bit. So I went with Daniel Bryan. Nice. The chant was mainly used for Bryan when he was wrestling in Ring of Honor under his real name of Bryan Danielson, although fans sometimes use alternatives such as you're going to get your fucking head kicked off huh? and he's going to get his fucking head kicked in. It was first used by wrestling fans in reference to the power of Bryan's kicks. It is also used by fans during Bryan's entrances. The chant was used in the 1995 British film ID by fans of the fictional team Shadwell Town. That's a phenomenon, isn't it? <coughs> football hooligan films. British mm. football hooligan yeah. films. There were about a million of them. Yeah. All people of which... can go, I can relate to that. Yeah. What was it? Like, there was Green Street. Yeah. Football Factory. I've never seen any like on... a billion straight-to-video versions yeah. of the same shot on camcorder with somebody that used to be in the bill in it. Or, and starring <laughs> Danny, cool. Danny Dyer. Every, or, everyone has literally been in it. Or Sean, what's it, Sean Bean. He was in a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm. He is um, a right nasty bastard by all accounts, sure me. Is he? Mm. What, in real life? That's it. That's the word on the street. Who told you that? People. Shingo Awomori. Have I, spelled, have I pronounced that right? Would you I like to have a better I feel like there's something it? you've got to do with the O. Shingo. Maybe. Shingo Ayo Almauri, Almori. Shingo Almauri. Don't know, won't worry about it. Okay, it just calls it Shingo from now on, which seems easier to just yeah. rhyme it with bingo. Everyone's happy. Shingo is a village located in the Sano district of south central Aomori prefecture in the Tohoku region of Japan. So far, is this going to be just a Japanese version of that time we did Paul and it was the most boring article ever? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> As of 2016, the village has an estimated population of 2,685. Not a lot. Not? Pretty small. The village promotes itself as the home of the Grave of Christ after a local legend. Hang on. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't, does it? I mean, I'm not a religious scholar, but I know a thing or two about the world. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the Grave of Christ is unlikely to be in Japan. Yeah, because he went to America. Exactly. To start the, the Church of um, Mormonese. Latter-day Saints. Mm. The economy of Shingo is heavily dependent on agriculture. Notable crops include edible chrysanthemum. What? That's not a crop. <laughs> well, here we go. Don't... Yeah, this is why I picked the article. <laughs> don't scoff. When was the last time you ate a chrysanthemum? Well, I thought you would. That's just something yeah. I imagine you eat. You'd probably sprinkle it on your gnocchi, you big freak. <laughs> Japanese yam and tobacco. I don't think of them growing tobacco in Japan. Obviously, they do. I mean, it's it's a tertiary crop to them, way behind chrysanthemum and Japanese yam. But then they... <sighs> it's a tertiary crop to them. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally a horse breeding area, Shingo is also known for its cattle ranching. You've chosen a really interesting article <laughs> Shut here. Up, Phil. Everyone's dead excited about it. It's the resting place of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. Here's the here's what we came for. Local attractions, the tomb of Jesus Christ. Shingo Village is the location of what is purported to be the last resting place of Jesus, located in the tomb of Jesus, Kirisutu no Haka and the residence of Jesus' last descendants, the family of Sajiro Sawaguchi. According to the Sawaguchi family's claims, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross at Golgotha. Instead, his brother, Isukiri... (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) I don't remember any mention of a brother at all, much less a Japanese one. (laughs) He was just like, no one really cared. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, who is a famous person who's got a brother who is not as good... Andy Murray. It's like the other Murray. No one cares. Is there another one? Yeah, probably. Is he Japanese? Uh, yes. Did he take his place on the cross while Jesus fled across Siberia to Mutsu province in northern Japan? Andy Murray has not been crucified yet, apart from by the English media. Scathing. Satirical. Yes. You're going to miss this when you're gone. Yeah. 
So Jesus Christ did not die on the cross at Golgotha. Instead, his brother Isukiri took his place on the cross while Jesus fled across Siberia to Mutsu province in northern Japan. Once in Japan, he became a rice farmer, married and raised a family with three daughters near what is now Shingo. While in Japan, it is asserted that he travelled, learnt and eventually died at the age of 106. His body was exposed on a hilltop for four years. According to the customs of the time, Jesus' bones were collected, bundled and buried in the mound purported to be the grave of Jesus Christ. Was his brother in on it? Was his brother like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm, I've not got much on. I'm the mm. forgotten brother. Or did Jesus like just pretend it was him? It's hard and, like, to know. Pushed him the story towards, is very vague. Pushed him towards whoever the dudes feel, were that killed Jesus yeah. and was like, no, here he is. It's I feel bastard. like there's a lot of questions. Like, why Japan? Well, because his brother was Japan, Japanese, so he probably told stories about his oh, time in was. Japan. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit like you going to Japan. Yeah. Where everybody's like, what are you going to Japan for? No, they're not. That's the other. Literally, okay, everyone's like, like Japan. That sounds awesome. So that's what, it's all the other countries. That's what Jesus' mates. Like, why are you going there? So Jesus' mates were like, yeah, it's good. go on, good idea. Yeah. Gap okay. year. Yeah. He I... got his little backpack sorted. Popped his ukulele in. Got his injections. And off he went. He got his injections. If um, if your brother was standing in for you, you if you were due to be crucified, and your <laughs> brother says, "No, don't worry, I've got this." I've never happened. Uh, let's imagine it has though. <laughs> Right. Um, so you would want to thank your brother in some way for doing this. You'd want to scarf because they're still trying to crucify yeah. you. But you'd want to keep yourself a little memento just of your brother to remember the thing that he's done for you. No. Maybe a, maybe a lock of hair. That's one of the things that Jesus chose <laughs> was a lock of Isukiri's hair. Fine, that seems something to remember. But also an ear. Yeah, why not? What? Another mound near the alleged grave of Jesus is said to contain an ear of the brother of Jesus and a lock of hair from... Oh, no, the lock of hair wasn't from his brother. The lock of hair was from Mary, the mother of Jesus. The only relics of his family Jesus could carry when he fled Judea. I didn't want I to lock my hair. the rest of you. <laughs> I will just take your ear. No, just take what some hair. F- why? That's not okay. I get that it's possible that if Jesus Christ did exist... And if he was blah, 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 it's possible that he could have ended up in Japan. It's possible. Is it? Was there even any trade with Japan at that point? No, I'm not saying it's likely or even at all likely. It's just possible. But I can't get past the fact that he has a Japanese brother for some reason. Oh, is it racism? (laughs) No, it's not racism. (laughs) It's just weird. He's never mentioned anywhere. Mm. His name's Isukiri, which is clearly a Japanese name. Well, it doesn't actually say that he's Japanese. Yeah, that might just be the name that they've given. But it's just a bit. Maybe they're not actual brothers. Yeah, okay. Maybe so. Maybe it's just the legend they've given Jesus' brother a Japanese name because they're Japanese. There's lots of Jesuses, and he was this one got all like the tabloids. There's lots of Jesuses. Well, let's just say back then. Well, that's how he could have done the trick. If we're going with the the full-on Bible story, the full-on Bible story. Yeah. God's doing his stuff. Yeah. Maybe he made multiple Jesus. Jesus. If if we're doing the whole. Proper Bible story. Yeah, then 106 is a pathetic age to well, die at. Yeah, it's not even trying. Well, maybe Methus- Methuselah is giggling at Jesus right now. Well, it would be an accident. It doesn't say. Just say maybe there were multiple Jesus I. Yeah. Unlocked at the same time, and this one unlocked. Yeah, and this one got like the most famous. There were other one like Isakuri, just kept himself to himself. He had all these powers as well. He had all the magic powers, like all the you know special mm. powers. It seems slightly odd to me that these claims didn't start until 1933. Oh, okay. It just seems a bit odd that that's the point at which... The claim started in 1933 after the discovery of supposed ancient Hebrew documents detailing Jesus' life and death in Japan that were supposedly the testament of Jesus. These documents were allegedly seized by the Japanese authorities and taken to Tokyo shortly before World War II and have not been seen since. The English text on the sign explaining the legend of the tomb of Christ reads, When Jesus Christ was 21 years old, he came to Japan and pursued knowledge of divinity for 12 years. He went back to Judea at age 33 and engaged in his mission. However, at that time, people in Judea would not accept Christ's preaching. I like that that actually does give an explanation for where he was between childhood and being 30. Instead, they arrested him and tried to crucify him on a cross. His younger brother, Isukiri, casually took Christ's place and ended his life on the cross. Casually? Christ, who escaped the crucifixion, went through the ups and downs of travel and again came to Japan. He settled right here in what is now called Herai Village and died at the age of 106. 
On this holy ground, there is dedicated a burial mound on the right to deify Christ and a grave on the left to deify Isukiri. The above description was given in a testament by Jesus Christ. Citation needed. Mm. <laughs> I, like, I like this story better. Well, there's a problem with this story. I'll, I'll tell you my problem. You're Jesus Christ. Mm. Put yourself, imagine this, you're Jesus Christ. You have the power of divinity. You can turn water like into X. wine. You can feed the several thousand with some loaves and fishes. Yep. You can, what else can he do? Bang Walk man. on water. That's another thing he could do. Part the sea. Part the sea. Was that Jesus? That was Moses. Uh, he could do the yeah, He probably had could. He could yeah. do it. He, as well. he did, yeah. but he probably could have done if he wanted to. He just didn't probably. want to. Just didn't want to. Probably, no, 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 I don't want to. I'll do the bread again. I'll do the fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the wine trick. So he's got these powers. Call them what you will. Bullshit. Might be your opinion. Also mine, but that's not the point I'm making. He then travels to Japan and farms rice. He's not even putting his carpentry skills to good use. Yeah, that's the point. Mm. So he's performing a dereliction of responsibility by doing this. Everybody needs a career change. Uh, there's a but. There's this question of moral obligation as to whether or not you should use your, how you should use the skills and the gifts that you have. So if you are a doctor on an aeroplane and somebody has a heart attack, mm. and somebody says, "Is there a doctor? Somebody's having a heart attack." And you, as a doctor, think, I'm just on my holiday, I'll keep my hand down. You're doing exactly the same as everybody else on that plane. Yeah. But you're being a bad person. Yeah. So by Jesus going to Japan and not feeding more people with loaves and fishes, he's being bad by not spreading the word. And let's be, let's be frank, the whole point of the Bible, and pretty much all of the religions, is to just tell as many people about it as possible yeah. and get them on your squad. By stopping doing that, there's a dereliction of his responsibilities. <laughs> but what if Jesus was a bit of a dick? Doesn't, you know, he, he, he was turning a lot of water into wine, having a lot of parties. Yeah, he let his brother take the flat for him. That's do that. a dick move. Yeah. So he, he probably had a lot more powers. If Jesus was as noble as he made out to be, he'd have died on the cross. Yeah. Not fucked off to Japan. Yeah. Uh, there, so. is, there is a passage of the Bible that does describe Jesus as having brothers. Whether it's, that's just a way of, just to turn a phrase, these were Jesus' brothers, not literal brothers. Bros. But there are some people, like the Oxford Dictionary of the Christian Church... Right, um, who thinks that they were brothers because they were sons of Joseph from a former marriage? Uh, they were called James, Joses, Jude, Simon, which has never quite sat with me as a biblical name. No, when there's Philip's crop up, that always seems very strange. <laughs> Philip, I can get, but Simon, <laughs> uh, and then two unnamed sisters as well. Certainly no Isukiri. I guess we'll never know, and we'll just have to accept that. Jesus did die in Japan. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been told that now, so I have to believe mm -hmm. it. The Prince Philip movement is a religious sect followed by the Kastom people around Yohananan village on the southern island of Tana in Vanuatu. It is a cargo cult of the Yohanan tribe who believe that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, the consort to Queen Elizabeth II, is a divine being. Hmm. Have, I talked, up. have I talked about Prince Philip on this podcast before? Do you know him? Um, did I you don't. Meet him? Do, we, all Phillips don't. Oh, all know each okay. Other. I bloody love Prince Philip. I think Prince Philip is great. I think he just seems like the loveliest man. Really? Yeah, I genuinely do. racist shit. No, but he really isn't. That's the thing. When he's talked, when he's talked about as doing these horrible racist things that are really judgmental and unpleasant, if you look and listen to what he's actually saying and doing, there's nothing remotely mean spirited about it ever. It's always really celebratory. So we'll talk about people being spear throwers and being, uh, and you know, use terminology which isn't pleasant. But it's always in such a lovely, naive way that there's nothing mean about. I've never, there's never anything mean intentioned in the things that he's okay. saying. And yeah, he's misguided and lived in a bubble, but he's the king for God's sake. Well, he's not because that's not how it works because of the rules. But he's lived in this ridiculous bubble for his entire life. And all things considered, he just seems really lovely. I've got a real soft spot for Prince Philip. Mm. Um, I, I like him a lot. Well, maybe you should move to Vanuatu. Like the story of how um, when Barack Obama... Uh, Obama? Barack, oh, my God. <laughs> when Barack Obama... <laughs> he was born in Kenya. 
when Barack Obama visited um, a couple of years ago, he got driven around the estate of wherever they were at some castle by Prince Philip. 93-year-old Prince Philip did the driving. That's yeah. just a great story. How can you not love that? To be honest, I quite like that. Um, like when the um, whoever the head of Saudi Arabia is, yeah, Saudi Arabia, um, obviously women aren't allowed to drive there. The Queen picked him up in a, a Land Rover yeah. and drove him around, which is just, yeah, pretty good. They seem all right people, don't they, Chris? I don't agree that they should be there, but they don't seem... Fair enough. Let's talk about the Prince Philip movement then, because I want to know what the hell is going on in Vanuatu. According to ancient Yuanan tales, the son of a mountain spirit travelled over the seas to a distant land. There he married a powerful woman and in time would return to them. He was sometimes said to be a brother to John Froome of another local cargo cult. I've used this phrase cargo cult before. What does that mean? I'm going to guess. A cult off, like, a cult off, off a cult. the back of something else. Yeah, a yeah. bit of a cult. A cargo cult is a millenarian movement first described in Melanesia, which encompasses a range of practices which occur in the wake of contact with a more technologically advanced society. The name derives from the belief which began among Melanesians in the late 19th and 20th century that various ritualistic acts, such as building of an airplane runway, will result in the appearance of material wealth, particularly highly desirable Western goods. So it's where contact with somebody from the Western world is so blows your mind that you reevaluate your entire life on... No. They, okay. mu- they must be some That's... sort of higher power. Yeah. So the people of the Yenonan area believed that Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, the consort to Queen Elizabeth II, is a divine being. They had seen the respect accorded to Queen Elizabeth II by the colonial officials and concluded that her husband, Prince Philip, must be the son referred to in their legends. It is unclear just when this belief came about, but it was probably sometime in the 1950s or 60s. It was strengthened by the royal couple's official visit to Vanuatu in 1974 when a few villagers had the opportunity to actually see Prince Philip from a distance. The prince was not then aware of the cult. But... <laughs> Do you like that, though? I like the idea of you go to an island and they've got your own cult that are just looking at you and you've got no like idea. Each other. <laughs> hey, no, he's over there. Oh, my God, he's over there. Not like you're a celebrity, like you're a god. Yeah. The prince was not then aware of the cult, but it was brought to his attention several years later by John Champion, the British resident commissioner in the New Hebrides. Champion suggested that Prince Philip send them a portrait of himself. He agreed and sent a signed official photograph. The villagers responded by sending him a traditional <laughs> pig-killing club called a nene. Oh, nal nal. A nene is a dance. Yeah. In compliance with their request, the prince sent a photograph of himself posing with the club. Another photograph was sent in 2000. All three photographs were kept by Chief Jack Naiva, who died in 2009. Anne, Princess Royal, visited Tanner in October 2014. She is the only daughter of Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. She had visited Vanuatu in 1974, but had not previously travelled to the island. So one more then. Well, this is turning into quite a bumper episode, but so what? So what? This is our last time. We want to we want to eke as much content out of you as possible. Suck you dry. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Jack, without, you know, getting too teary about this, this is our last wiki shuffle, all three of us together in the same room. Yeah, whatever. You know, we will definitely be getting um, roving reports from you, and we may well have you back via the powers of the internet once you settle down and you stop travelling about, and you've... Where are you going to end up? Uh, Oh, well, I don't know. Cambodia, probably. Maybe Vietnam. Cambodia or Vietnam. Or maybe China. But I'm going to end up somewhere. I mean, I'm going to have internet at some point because I can't live without it. So we'll see what happens, eh? All right. Well, ahead of that, let's talk about your final Wikipedia article on Wikishuffle, which is the Svalbard Global Seed Vault, which Hmm. is not funny or nothing. (laughs) Not funny. (laughs) The Svalbard Global Seed Vault. Svalbard Global Frovelve. Especially for all of our Norwegian listeners. There you go. It is a secure seed bank on the Norwegian island of Spitsbergen near Longyearbyen in the remote Arctic Svalbard archipelago about 1,300 kilometres from the North Pole. So is it like literally a vault for seeds? 
The Nordic Gene Bank has, since 1984, stored backup Nordic plant germplasm via frozen seeds in an abandoned coal mine at Svalbard over the years, depositing more than 10,000 seed samples of more than 2,000 cultivars for 300 different species. The Nordic Collection has, for years, duplicated seed samples from the Southern African Development Community. On the 1st of January 2008, the Nordic Gene Bank was integrated with NordGen. That's a lot of seeds. Nuts. A lot of seeds and a lot of nuts. Like Waitrose. Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark and Iceland's Prime Ministers collectively ceremonially laid the first stone on the 19th of June 2006. The seed bank is 120 metres inside a sandstone mountain on Spitsbergen Island and employs robust security systems. Seeds are packaged in special three-ply foil packets and heat sealed to exclude moisture. There's a picture of the entrance to the vault. It's so and James it's Bond. It's so James isn't it? Bond. It's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It looks but so badass. There's something really futuristic that you can see. In the I mean, it hasn't explicitly said this, but I'm pretty sure what we're talking about is post-apocalyptic rejuvenation of the planet, basically. That's yeah, it goes on to say that oh. most um, most things in the vault could survive for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Uh, yeah, so the idea being that if there was a global catastrophe, I mean, I'm assuming, but I'm pretty sure this is the mm-hmm. case, if there was a global catastrophe that somebody could make it there. And it's the perfect setting for that scene in the film where Mad Max finally reaches his destination. And yeah, that's the destination he'd want to get to, yeah. to repopulate the world with plants and life. You'd, that's that's the set you'd build, isn't it? Mm. Spitsbergen was considered ideal because it lacked tectonic activity and had permafrost, which aids preservation. Its being 130 metres above sea level will keep the site dry even if the ice caps melt. If, clever. if it's not satire. Bad. It's not satire, it's just fear. It's all right, we live in Northamptonshire, we'll be safe. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> The mission, the Svalbard Global Seed Vaults mission, is to provide a safety net against accidental loss of diversity in traditional gene banks. While the popular press has emphasised its possible utility in the event of a major regional or global catastrophe, it will be more frequently accessed when gene banks lose samples due to mismanagement, accident, equipment failures, funding cuts and natural disasters. These events occur with some regularity. War and civil strife have a history of destroying some gene banks. The National Seed Bank of the Philippines was damaged by flooding and later destroyed by a fire. You've not done as good a job there, the Philippines. That's just careless. The seed banks of Afghanistan and Iraq have been lost completely. Where'd you put them? Probably under the sand. In the sand! (laughs) It's not going to be too young to understand what that means. No, I don't know, Phil. Um... According to The Economist, the Svalbard Vault is a backup for the world's 1,750 seed banks, storehouses of agricultural biodiversity. By the request of Norwegian government, no genetically modified seeds are stored at the vault. Look at its cool entrance. Yeah. We've all lit up, though. Oh, I haven't seen it lit up. Yeah, those oh, Nords. Yeah, cool. They're pretty good at architecture, those Nords, yeah. aren't they? They know what they're doing. Oh, and then you go inside, and disappointingly, it looks just like our warehouse at work. Oh, well, that is disappointing. That's, that's really, that's the exact same racking that we have at work. Yeah. That's really disappointing. I wanted that all to be titanium, didn't you? Yeah. Big, spinny vault doors. Who's decided that all of that racking in the world needs to be that weird blue-orange combo? Well, on the, maybe Visible. they haven't lost it. Yeah, like Afghanistan. Afghanistan mm. lost theirs. True. Because you couldn't see it. They made it the same colour. That's it, yeah. They made it the colour of Make it camouflaged. <laughs> So currently, as of 2015, there are 840,000 samples. That's a lot of seed. That's an apt way to end my reign on Wikishuffle. Your tenure. Who's presenting this once I'm gone? Phil? Well, I... No, you do. (laughs) (laughs) You thought about it. Mm. You thought about throwing your hat in for a moment. Yeah, no. I I guess it'll be me. Yeah, I think... think, uh, your system on Goodnight Sweet Cast works well where you do the heavy lifting <laughs> <laughs> and I just do the back. And you're going to have yeah. special guests. We're going to have a revolving door of guests. Ruth's coming back. She was so well received last time and she's... Mm. Yeah, she was very well received, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. So Ruth's coming back. So she's probably going to be our, our standard bearer mm-hmm. and then we're going to have other people as well. Oh, I know what we haven't talked about. Oh, if we had a postcard. <laughs> Shit ton of postcards. Oh my God, we've got ah. loads of postcards. Luxembourg? Fucking Luxembourg. Oh, it's from Keith. <laughs> 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 I thought it was a listener 
from Luxembourg. I mean, I'm always happy to hear from Keith. Of course we are. And Keith, <laughs> but, Keith you know. will certainly be coming back on the podcast as well. Oh, uh, will he? Let me yeah. see what he does. I like Keith. Oh, it's another one from Keith. <laughs> okay, they're all from Keith. <laughs> they're, they're all from Keith. This big pile of... You can imagine how excited I was oh, to see this so big stash excited. of postcards. The people had finally sent us postcards. You'd better send us postcards oh, from... These are, these are all from Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're from all over. He's been, he's been around. <clears throat> um, oh, so thanks, thank... for, thanks for thinking of us, Keith. I love this one with the kittens. It's like Luxembourg's famous for kittens. <laughs> I um I love as well the what the postman must have thought about all them. So thanks Keith <laughs> for thinking Brilliant. of us in your travels. Keith will be coming back on the podcast. Well. Not only that, he has invited us to record uh, an outdoorsy wiki shuffle on his boat. Yeah. No way. Chris, boat. Oh, boat pod. Keith's boat. Right, I'm not going travelling. Okay, that was easy. I mean, I didn't uh, get an invite to Keith's boat, but I'm sure he won't mind. So that's exciting. We're going to wait until it's a bit warmer. It's too cold yeah, for boat. Couldn't boats. do it. Couldn't yeah. do it now. Oh, minute. Keith, you're in, uh, not Keith. Phil, Chris, Chris. Your name's Chris. Chris. I'm oh, getting like my grandma in her latter days. Mm. Chris, you're um, not a boat person. Are you you think you are? I but am. You a get boat very, person. very angry on boats. No, I don't. You do. No, I don't. I you enjoy get stressed it. Out. I, feel, I breathe in the sea air. He doesn't, he doesn't enjoy it, does he? I'm the captain. He, he gets I'm a man out. of the sea. I'm like Poseidon. You're not like Poseidon. Like Poseidon. And all the other people around on the mm. other Cavanau boats, they look, look, there he is. It's Ariel's dad. The <laughs> <laughs> kids. It's Ariel's dad and the crab and the fish. <laughs> what? Crab and the fish from Little Mermaid. The crab and the fish. Yeah, you're Sebastian. Under you're the flounder. Sea. Under yeah, the Phil sea. is flounder. Yeah. Um, King Triton. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So... That's it. Every second week, Wiki Shuffle. Every other Every second week, week. The other one. Goodnight <laughs> Sweetcast, where we talk about the antics of Gary Sparrow. Yes. It sounds like a very poor idea, but it's actually really fun to do. And we've had some feedback from people that are listening to it that have never even watched Goodnight Sweetheart. So that's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I've watched Goodnight Sweetheart as a kid. I haven't seen it since. Not bothered. How many more listeners does it have than Wiki Shuffle? Uh, we're getting about four or five times the listenership for Goodnight Sweetcast than we get for Wiki Shuffle. That's and right, we have, we've done a lot of work towards Wikishuffle. Blood, sweat and tears. We won an award for being the best comedy podcast in the whole of Great Britain. But people don't want that. They don't want that. What they want is Nicholas two Lindhurst. idiots talking about Nicholas Lindhurst. It's a bit disheartening. But I'm pleased for you. We're just clinging onto Lindhurst's coattails. That's yep. all it is. Jack, yes. if we can just get sincere for just a moment. I know that we struggle with this. Do we have to? We do. I would like to wish you the very best in your travels. Thank you, Phil. And that you have a wonderful time and that you get everything that you deserve from this trip. No, that would be awful. (laughs) Um, You get a lot more than you deserve from this trip. (laughs) And that it's as fun as I'm sure it will be. Thank you And that you don't get too much botulism. (laughs) Do you want to come out and visit? Sure. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit of Cambodia. Why not? Cambodian podcast. We were took as our friends. You can get a ladyboy. Ooh. I don't know if you can, to be honest. That's more of a Thailand thing. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I would thank also, you. before as well, like to say what Phil said. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Chris. It mm. means a lot, mate. It's all right. Yeah, and thank you for making Wikishuffle a thing because uh, the truth of it is Wikishuffle would never have started if, if Jack hadn't said, right, we're doing this. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what got into me. No, I don't, because it's, it's so out of character. Me. It's so completely unlikely to, is, to, to, to think of something, it be a good idea, then be done competently and followed through. It just doesn't well, seem like you. I don't know about competently. But, but it was followed done. through. We cannot, yeah, we cannot deny that it was both done and we followed through. Uh-huh, 101 episodes worth. So thank you yeah. for that. We will be carrying on without you. That's, that's fine. That's the way I'd want it. I enjoy the episodes with Ruth. I enjoy listening to um, Goodnight's Weekast, so... Bring it on, and I will ring in. Mm. I'm not sure when, but I'll, we'll I'll ring in and I'll talk about going on. Yeah, and what exotic diseases you've picked up, and what hideous food you've been eating. Yep, I'll be starting with dog in two weeks, so here we go. <laughs> so you're not going to eat for two weeks? No. Oh, obviously And I'm then gonna start eat. with dog. I'm hopefully going to lose weight, because uh, I don't like any other food. <laughs> I'm really doing a lot of walking, so right. yeah. next time you see me, I am going to be fit as fuck in the top 10% of Asda. Well, wow. we'll look forward to that. All right, then. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Oh, it feels so weird. No? No, it doesn't. It's fine. No, it's I'm fine. Really no, 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 worry. He's <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to force emotion. He's trying to build no, a bit of narrative into I'm what's going on here. Do you want to say anything like final to end it on? Just uh, like some final pod words? No.
Okay. No, thank you to all the listeners, the people who've made this podcast possible. <laughs> thank you to um, everyone who sent in postcards, who sent in correspondence. Thank you to the extra Twitter followers I've picked up. It's yeah. been fine. It's been all right. It's been oh. okay. It's been cool. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's, it's been bearable. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you when I see you. Uh, yeah, I'm Jack, aren't I? And here's Phil. Oh, And here's Chris. Hello. Sometimes it's wrong to walk away Though you think it's over The only evidence of this, because it was the only forum I posted on until I was probably 20, so <laughs> I've basically allowed this to happen. This, yeah. Is, yeah. this is all my own doing. Kurt Cobain did commit suicide. Princess Diana was murdered. I don't know about GFK, but there are aliens. Oh, and the moon landing was faked. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and you say, I say weird shit. I was 16. It's a little bit of theatre. Like when you order a massive pizza for yourself and you're home alone. But you might open the door and go, oh, it's... Or just before you get to the door, you'll shout, it's here. <laughs> just so the pizza man doesn't think. This guy is a fucking <laughs> fat bastard. Wow. You can do that so that the pizza delivery man doesn't judge you. Doesn't judge you. <laughs> I've revealed too much. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, how big my penis was. She might have said it in, you know, a more usual way for a 13 year old girl to say it, but I said it was as big as the Eiffel Tower. And I remember that specifically because <laughs> I thought I can't say the real size of it because I'm 13. That it's not very impressive. Feet. And there's no analogous building feet. you could use. No. <laughs> and one day there was a, a nun walking down Golden Green Road. Just as she was getting to Wickershuffle HQ, I thought I'd impress my friends by... This is really awful. <laughs> oh, God. I shouted, Nun, get your tits out. Oh, what? Because uh, I was 14 and I thought it was funny. Breaking the contract. Breaking the contract. I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to your feet crack. Yeah, good. Okay, listeners, what Jack is doing now is he is prodding at the hard don't skin on his feet. Don't talk to the listeners about me. Uh, no, recording. they deserve to. No, they know the rules. They're aware of the contract because they remember it from two weeks ago where, where you assured us that picking at your feet was a thing of the past. This is on record and now, and even, oh, just even if he says red, it still goes in. Oh, absolutely. No, it's yeah, not. No, it no. Is. You put this in, and I'm going to kick off. It, it, <laughs> no, no, you entered into a contract. You have breached I did that not. Contract. I had no point. You said you would you try. Did. So it's evidence. I have tried. No, you haven't. You've tried very badly. I've, excuse me, I've been here for three hours. <laughs> you couldn't last, no. You can't say it like that. You couldn't last three hours, is the yeah, truth. That's, that's what's happening. I've been here for three hours, it's not my fault. And therefore it's inevitable, as any human at the three hour mark will desperately want to start plunging screwdrivers into their own feet. Well, when you've had to listen to Wiki Shuffle for that long. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Do an outro. Say goodbye to all the people. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.